Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And if you haven't done it already, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Let us know uh, that you're watching. Give us a thumbs up and then tell somebody. Be sure to tell somebody. And if you haven't done this already, there is a free email devotional that comes every day. And uh, all you got to do is go to our website and it's myfaithroots.com. And on that website, you'll see how easy it is to sign up and get that free email. And we're not going to badger you. You don't have to worry about me sending you requests for money and all that kind of stuff. It's not going to happen. So this is our gift to you. So be sure that you sign up and take advantage of everything. We're talking about the covenants of promise. I am so excited about this. this. The more I teach it, the more I love this idea. The covenant of Abraham that God gave to him to bless the earth. Ephesians 2.12, you had no connection with Christ. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, outside God's covenants and the promise that comes with them. Boy, Jesus opened the door for us to get in. Now, we're talking about the great-grandson of Abraham, Joseph, and he was special. He was different from all of his brothers. There were 11 others but nobody was quite like him. Uh, he had been thrown into prison after being sold into slavery. He has done all the right things. And you know what? This is sometimes how it works. You know, we're taught that if you obey, you get a blessing. If you do right, you get a reward. Well, here's Joseph. He's done all of these things right, and he hadn't gotten any rewards. And let me tell you about this. This is a spiritual law that if you do the right thing and you don't get the reward, you're being put in a big slingshot and you're being pulled backward and pulled backward. And one day, boom, the release comes and you wind up going further than if you had not been held back at all. And so let's read the story of Joseph. He's in Pharaoh's prison. And the Bible says in Genesis 40, beginning verse 5, Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream. Both of them, each man's dream, in one night. This was not an accident. And Joseph came into them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? Now, you got to read between the lines here. And Joseph must have been a very happy person. Because if he's in this prison unjustly accused, and if he's miserable and has a bitter attitude, he doesn't notice how down they are. Everybody in the prison's down. But he's not down. He is a happy person. He's a victorious person. And their sadness stands out to him because he does not live in bitterness and in a bad attitude because of the injustice done to him. And I got to tell you, if you want to be free from the suffering of injustice, you got to learn to work on it right down in here. It starts inside, then it works to the outside, and ultimately you change the outside by what's on the inside of you. He was not consumed with bitterness over the ways that he'd been mistreated. He genuinely showed concern for their welfare. And think about this. Can you care for people who are suffering when you yourself are suffering? Most of the time we don't. But Joseph was suffering in that prison. It wasn't a pleasant place. 
the Bible talks about in another place how that the, the leg irons and the cuffs, uh, they, they cut into his skin, but he did not let that get him down. When he found out that they were troubled over dreams, he knew that he could help them because Joseph himself was a dreamer. And he understood that dreams had interpretations. And he'd had two dreams when he was a young man, years before. And he knew that those dreams were going to come to pass. He knew they were. And for this reason, he knew how to be cheerful even when things weren't going smooth. So he wanted to hear their dreams. This ability to interpret dreams is a gift of the Holy Spirit. I believe that it is a manifestation of the Word of Wisdom. The Word of Wisdom is insight into the plan of God, the future, the will and the plan of God. Well, that would be a very good description of the interpretation of dreams. You're interpreting the will of God for the future. So he interpreted each one of these men's dreams correctly. And he did it with integrity because one of the dreams had a negative interpretation. You know, it's easy to give people a good word when everything is up and upbeat and positive. But the baker's dream was a negative dream. And J Jacob or Joseph told him, he said, in three days, Pharaoh's going to cut your head off. And uh, scholars tell us that it was because the baker was involved in a scandal to assassinate Pharaoh. And so uh, anyway, uh, Joseph interpreted these dreams and he interprets the butler's dream. He says, in three days, you're going to be restored to Pharaoh's palace. So there was suspicion of the butler that he too was involved in this conspiracy. And when it was found out that he wasn't, he was released. He went back. Now, Joseph said, when you get back, when you get back into your place and you are back in favor with Pharaoh, be sure to tell him about me and get me set free. I am not here justly. I have been falsely accused, and you go tell him about me. I want you to think about that for a minute. What would have happened had the butler remembered Joseph immediately? What would have happened had he gone to bat for Joseph with the Pharaoh? What if he had gotten Joseph released? It would not have been good. Where is Joseph going to go? Really, when you think about it, he can't go back home. His brothers have too much to lose to allow him to come back into the family. It opens up the door to their scandal. It shows that they have lied. You talk about a wedge in the family. It is a mess. Joseph may even be killed by the outliers before he ever is able to come into the village. So what he wanted was not really what he wanted. God had something better for him. And although he had to wait another two full years to be set free, what God had for him was better than what he had for himself. And this is a tough thing to handle. When you're going through a trial, and it's tough, it's hard to believe that God has better things for you than what you have in mind for yourself. But he does. And you need to remember that about the Lord. And sometimes it doesn't look like it, but He has something much better for you than what you have in mind for yourself. And even your negatives are being used to prepare your victory. And keep that in your thinking, because I can show you that idea all the way through the Scripture. Even the negatives are going to be used as the positive. You know, when Jesus was crucified... And all of his disciples forsook him. Not a one of them 
with the possible exception of John, was there at the end. And all the rest of them forsook him and fled. Judas actually betrayed him. There were none of them present on Sunday morning when he was supposed to rise from the dead. But you know what? That actually played into the good because it demonstrated that Jesus' disciples had nothing to do with his resurrection, that no one could point and say they stole his body away while the soldiers slept. They weren't even there. Everybody knew they weren't there. Uh, everybody knew what state of mind they were in. They were demoralized. They were fearful. They were hiding. And so the fact that they became full of boldness and life and energy and were reinvigorated shortly after the resurrection and in the uh, following days, it, it demonstrates the reality of the resurrection. So God takes your negatives and he turns those amazing things around. All right. Now, Joseph's preparation, in other words, his ability to interpret the dreams of these two guys, uh, put him in a place to interpret the dream of the Pharaoh. And that's why it's important that you treat everybody special. You never know when you are showing honor to someone who seems like a nobody. You never know. It may not be that they have any connection to anybody important at all, but God sees. God sees and God makes the connections. And you minister to people. Listen, when you are in a dinky little church, you want to go into ministry... You preach great sermons. You preach like you're talking to 10,000 people when you've got five in your audience. You prepare as though you are talking to a multitude of people. You watch and see what God does when you take up that attitude. He loves to promote people who value the small things. Now, Pharaoh dreamed a couple of dreams, and he knew that they were significant he knew that they were not ordinary, and, and they were very similar. He dreamed about seven really good ears of corn being eaten up by seven blighted ears of corn or grain. He knew about the seven fat cattle that were swallowed up by the seven uh, skinny cattle, the, the cattle that were wasted. And he knew that this meant something, but he had no idea what it meant. It was in this environment that the butler was able to recall what Joseph had done for him and how he interpreted the dream. And when he told Pharaoh what had happened and how that the dream came to pass, Pharaoh sent for Joseph. And Joseph came to Pharaoh and gave the interpretation to Pharaoh's dreams, but that's not the only thing that he did. He gave Pharaoh a solution for the dreams. Now I want to say this because it's very important. Bitterness would have choked off all opportunity for Joseph to be full of the Spirit to interpret those dreams. Had he allowed any bitterness in him at all, there would have been no flow of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say this right here and remember this. Bitter people don't bring solutions to problems. I'm going to say it again. Bitter people do not bring solutions to problems. And so if you want to be a solution-oriented person, if you want to be known for your solutions, do not allow bitterness to have any place in your life whatsoever. Now, Pharaoh was surrounded by the wisest, most capable leaders in all of Egypt. We think that these people were just... Um, 
you know, nobodies. He had men of great ability. They went to school. They trained. Yes, they had some false beliefs. Yes, they did worship idol gods, but they weren't total buffoons. Egypt was a very sophisticated country, perhaps the most sophisticated country on the face of the planet in that day, a very complex country, a country that needed to be managed. And so Pharaoh had a palace full of people who could make good decisions, but there was nobody like Joseph. And so when Joseph came in and interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh, Pharaoh recognized by his presence, just his confidence, and he could recognize the wisdom that Joseph was the only man in Egypt who could prepare the country for this coming famine. This is not a fairy tale ending. You know, I know when I was a young Christian and I read this, I thought, you know, God just took him from the dungeon overnight into the palace, but that's not true. There was a long period of schooling and preparation that Joseph had to go through. And when he was brought to Pharaoh's palace to be the prime minister of Egypt, he wasn't brought there as part of a fairy tale answer. He was the guy for the job. He was the best man for the job. There was not another person anywhere around who, who could have done the job the way that Joseph uh, was able to do the job. So he comes in and takes over and begins to run the country, and just like the dream had predicted, they have seven years of plenty. There are bumper crops. The harvest is overflowing. It's unbelievable how much grain they're able to store up. And Joseph is wise in that he, he takes that grain and stockpiles it. They don't consume it all. They resist the temptation to consume it all. And they put back all kinds of grain for the future. Then the seven years of famine come. And in the second year of the famine, it's already so bad that 10 of his brothers have to come down into Egypt to find grain. They've heard that there's food in Egypt, and they come. And Joseph begins this process now of testing his brothers. Now, why does he do, do this? It is because he himself has been tested. He himself has been refined. Joseph knows that before God uses anybody or promotes anybody, God refines that person, he tests that person, he proves that person. And so Joseph doesn't just rush right in, grab his brothers by the neck, hug them and say, hey, I'm your brother. He knows that that will not work if they still have the wicked heart that they had 13 years before. And so actually 15 years before. So he has to test them and to prove them, and he does it. And everything that he does is designed to pull out of them the right kind of attitude, and sure enough, they show it. And the one who stands out the most is Judah. And Judah volunteers to be the substitute for his younger brother, Benjamin. And when Joseph sees this amazing change of heart in all of his brothers, he melts, he can't take it anymore, and he speaks to them. In the Hebrew tongue, I am Joseph. Oh my gosh. 
Can you imagine what they felt? And the whole family is restored. And the whole family is saved. And all of this happens because of the covenant. Now keep this in mind. The covenant is about families. God wants to save us as individuals. Every one of us comes to Christ as an individual. But His purpose is to redeem families. He wants to get into a family by reaching an individual. And it is amazing what God can do if He can get just one individual in a family. Don't you give up. You may think you're the only one. Listen to what God said in Genesis 12, 3. He said it to Abraham, and we see it in Joseph. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow. Well, the story of Joseph is not the end of the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant goes all the way through the rest of the Old Testament, and it goes into the New Testament, and that's where we're going to pick up next week. So don't miss this next series of podcasts. Don't miss it at all. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to share this with a friend. And if you haven't already, go to myfaithroots.com, sign up for the free email devotional, and I'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.